Alright, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David. Oh, right, I gotta come up with a new logo. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Aww. Anyway. It is an exciting time for us. We are starting a brand new series, and it will be our longest yet. Yeah. Uh, Because this ran, like, what, 65 episodes in a movie? You know, I've been thinking how it just seems like shows these days just go on much longer than they ever used to. And I was thinking this specifically because I was uh, trying to catch up on Voltron on Netflix and how that's like season five coming next month. Although those like, are short seasons. Really? Oh, shoot. Aren't those short seasons, though? I didn't. Yeah, they're only 13 episodes. Yeah, like they that. are short seasons, but still like, or like Transformers Prime or like Rescue Bots being the longest running Transformers show. Yeah, Rescue Bots went longer than G1. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, no. The, like old G one. Like in the eighties, you get away with like hundred episode almost series. And then for a while, it was getting shorter. And then you got Nickelodeon that only orders twenty episodes a season. It is things will run longer now sometimes, or a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that some of it is just the contracting from you know things getting the the seasons shrinking uh, from. Thing. I mean, for one thing, they're not being weekday syndication like there used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so things just being, like, weekly, which was traditionally a 13-episode order. Uh, anyway, Prime is long. Yes. And uh, this, this series began at the end of 2010. Now, uh, by 2010, we had had uh, two... Live action Transformers movies with yes. a third one coming the following year. Oh, the second one was so bad. Yeah. I mean, they're all kind of bad. Well, I don't know if the, the first one bad, seems but... like Shakespeare compared to what followed. I mean, the second one is the one that didn't really have a script. <laughs> yeah. Whereas some yeah. of these subsequent ones maybe have too much script. <laughs> yes. It's like it's that. It's hard uh, to tell, like, when it's things happening all the time because it was written that way or just because they felt like making it that way. It's kind of like that one episode of The Simpsons where they build Ned Flanders a new ha- a new house and there- there's one room that has electricity but it has too much electricity. <laughs> <laughs> I do not uh. think I've seen that but yeah, I can see that. But, you know, Hasbro was riding high on the success of those Transformers movies, which made uh, a zillion dollars apiece. Yes, uh, they regardless made... of being terrible, they were also extremely financially successful. So they, so Hasbro start, sort of started to see themselves, you know, we're, we don't just make toys, we make content. <laughs> we're an entertainment company. Yeah. And so, you know, they made a G.I. Joe movie, and okay, nobody really liked that one. I think that came out the same year as Revenge of the Fallen, maybe? Anyway, it wasn't good. They made that Battleship movie, which I think came out the subsequent year. Uh, why? Battleship was, like, the worst. I I think the G.I. Joe movie was better than Revenge of the Fallen, but only barely, because it was was fun. I mean, it had its moments. It was stupid, but it was fun. I never saw the Battleship movie, but, like... Culture no in general just decided that this was the point where things had gotten out of hand. 
Uh, it was a real Picard. Uh, the line must be drawn here, no further. <laughs> yeah. We saw your Transformers movie. We will not see Battleship. Yes. <laughs> Especially since you have Liam Neeson, and then you do not have him say the one line that defines Battleship. Well, like I would have settled for Rihanna saying it. <laughs> Somebody, nobody in the movie says it. Well, because don't, yes, don't be uh, like few- that Jurassic. New Jurassic World trailer. <laughs> I'm sure I. I mean, that does say that the line, before. though. Yes, this it is does. The opposite. But yeah. it's like, how? <laughs> don't do it. It's just so obvious. I mean, but I, this is the thing. You you needed to do the obvious thing, and uh, I think I heard somebody mention that I the, some random internet commenter who I cannot credit, but they they noted that the um the '90s uh, Kelsey Grammer comedy. Down Periscope was a better battleship movie than the actual battleship movie. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I would absolutely settle for Kelsey Grammer, who, speaking of, was eventually in the Transformers movie, saying, You sunk my battleship. <laughs> Curse you, Niles. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so Hasbro has this movie series that's making them more money than they can handle, so... Let's have another animated series, and this time let's synergize it a little more towards the movies, as opposed to animated, which was trying to stay away yes. from and, the movies. and you know, we're, you know, we kind of had a bit of a hassle with Cartoon Network, so we'll just buy our own channel. Yes. They decided they were going to be content yeah, that... providers, and they, that meant they needed their own channel, just like Disney or Disney. <laughs> uh-huh. So they, they, they partnered with uh, Discovery Channel. To found uh, the hub. I think it used to be Discovery Kids or something. Yeah, they took over the Discovery Kids uh, sub channel, mm-hmm. and they launched it with a bunch. I think they also ran like old reruns of like Transformers and GI Joe. Well, and... the 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 yeah, biggest fill up the air. cultural impact that the hub had was that one of the shows they decided to relaunch along with doing a new Transformer series is they hired on uh, some people who were good creative people to do a new My Little Pony series. Is it uh, Lauren Faust? I think is that her name? Lauren Faust. She worked on Powerpuff Girls and, you know, just in general, they had a really good creative team for it and it ended up being like you know, a ridiculous cultural phenomenon. It, it even inspired uh, the dreaded bronies. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Well, was that was did that start when they launched yes, the hub? Yes. Because well, when the hub started, I didn't. My cable package did not even have that as an option. And then eventually, it was like a higher tier, and then eventually, it did show up, so I could watch it. Like, it. I think it was a season and a half. Well, in, in my and, case. They already had, basically my cable provider already had Discovery Kids, so it was just a matter of that getting rebranded. It, it remained on the same channel and everything. Uh, this uh, it, it wasn't available in Canada, so we just got uh, these shows on our old channels. YTV? Uh, no, it, and this was actually, I think, the first one that did not air on YTV, but instead aired on Teletoon, which is basically our Ooh. cartoon network. Ah... But yeah, there were sort of three big shows that they launched with this. There was Transformers Prime, there was uh, Friendship is Magic, and G.I. Joe Renegades, which was actually pretty good, but nobody watched it because nobody cares about G.I. Joe. 
Seriously, like nobody <laughs> cares. It's so sad. And in fact, I think that one had it, it's uh, really what's sad. It, Marty Eisenberg working on it. Ooh, yeah, it was probably the best GI Joe because it was it was basically just the A team as GI Joe. Yeah, and everybody loves the A team. Yeah, yeah, they had a van and everything, or a truck or something. If you if you have a problem and you know where you can find them, then GI Joe can help. Ba da 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 da. And you need a ninja. Yes, it was like the A team, but also the A team has a ninja and also a lady because it's I, not the eighties anymore. I think it it, it had less um with snake eyes than other GI Joes, Ninjitsu. which was probably why it was a better GI Joe. I mean, generally they don't but do a lot of uh, snake eyes on the cartoons because he doesn't have any dialogue. Yeah, uh, he was still can, in the original well, except, series a lot. Oh, he was also in, what was it, Resilience or something? It was a short series that was before Renegades. Oh, yeah, that was Renegades. Uh, Warren, Warren, Ellis, Warren Ellis write that? I did, I did not actually watch that. They had to explain to him that G.I. Joe was Action Man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or Action and I, Force. And then I'm pretty sure he was also like a major player on Sigma Six. Yeah, there was way too Sigma much Six. ninja stuff. Way too much ninja bullshit on Sigma Six. I mean, Sigma so, 6 was also trying to be vaguely anime. Yes. And failing. And, yeah, so of course they would have way too much ninja stuff. <laughs> <sighs> so, ninjas. I mean, the hub ended up not being, like, a huge success, and it's no longer the hub. Yeah. yeah does Hasbro and even if, own it at all in any part anymore? I I think they might. Oh, I thought they sold I, it off. But I think, uh, I think My Little Pony might still be on, the, be on there. I mean, it's, it's gotta something. be on something. Yeah, they can't but... just not have new episodes of My Little Pony. Well, <laughs> the 20 something guys wank to. <laughs> but in fact, uh, the hub was headed by Margaret Loesch, who has had a long relationship with Transformers. She was the head of Marvel Productions that made, uh, the G1 cartoon back in the 80s. Oh. And, I thought that uh, sounded familiar. And she had a she and she was vitally making that cartoon not terrible because what Hasbro wanted was that they would uh they would send them scripts but they'd leave the names blank so they could just put the names of toys in there. <laughs> oh. oh. But she said, uh no, these characters actually have like have to have like personalities, so we're not going to do this. Yes. <laughs> uh Hasbro. Ah, uh, the 80s. Yes. So, so she's, you know, she's pretty great. And I'm sure that it was not easy for like a, a female executive in, well, literally anything, but also like the entertainment industry in the 80s. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Seriously. I'm sure she had to butt heads with innumerable sexist dicks. Yeah. Especially primarily. I mean, they did some girl stuff, but doing primarily male action cartoons. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you had your, you know, your G.I. Joe, your Transformers, um, like maybe, uh, Inhumanoids. Yes. That sort of thing. Yes. But anyway, Hasbro was spending, like, you know, they've, they've got this whole channel and they are going to spend money on Transformers Prime and that was on the screen. Yes. They are so, going to throw money at everything. Mm-hmm. So they uh, they hired Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, who oh, wrote the no. first Transformers movie. I mean, it's not too bad. I 
whenever referring to someone writing the Transformers movies, I feel like it needs to be in quotes, in air quotes. I mean, that first one had like a zillion scripter. I mean, I know John Rogers did a draft. Yeah. And we, I think they, they, I mean, they also wrote those new um, Star Trek movies. Yes. Uh, and the first then, one's okay. The second one is very much not the next they one they didn't write. They wrote a bunch of, they wrote a good. bunch of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now and I want to the, look them up. And then one of them, I can't, I, they've, they had like a split at some point. And I know that one is like a, like a 9-11 truther of some sort. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, great. And I know that one of them, I believe, uh, directed that new Mummy movie with, uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't go so well. No, it didn't go well at all. Oh, man. I think that might have been Kurtzman. <laughs> I'm pulling him up on IMDb, and yeah, he yeah, was I'm... involved with that. He was definitely involved. He was a producer on it. Okay, they were both producers on it, and uh Kurtzman directed it. And I guess it was like the first movie he ever directed, and... The last. Yeah, it didn't go so well. They were really hoping it would launch that. Oh, oh hey, you know what else? They worked on The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I, as they've noted, that they really have a thing for, like, people with magic blood. Uh, like, that's a thing in that second aliens. Star Trek. That's a thing yeah. in, um, it's not in those Transformers movies, surprisingly, but it is in, um, Amazing Spider-Man 2, where they've got to get yeah. Spider-Man's blood. Like, it's their thing. Huh. So Ooh, I'm they- not... They started out doing some episodes of Hercules and Xena. Oh, hey, that's something. <laughs> oh, the, the high point of their careers. <sighs> yeah. Or it might be Transformers Prime. I mean, I don't know how much they had to do with the day-to-day operations of this, because I don't think they wrote any, uh... Full episodes? No. Any episodes, but I guess they, like, did the show Bible and stuff. Ah. Uh. Uh, but anyway, this, uh... They were, I guess, the showrunners, uh, along with Jeff Klein, who, uh, has done a ton of stuff, or I guess it's Jeff Klein and, uh, Dwayne Capizzi. Mm-hmm. And they've worked together on a lot of stuff. They did, uh, the, ex- they did Extreme Ghostbusters. Oh! Uh, they did the Men in Black cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jackie Chan Adventures, and, Ooh. uh, Big Guy and Rusty the Boy <gasps> Robot. Yay. That was the high point of their career. Yeah, and I mentions... think they were also involved with uh the Batman and I want to say that um the uh, that Starship Troopers cartoon. What? Huh. The CG one? Yeah, the CG one, which I heard was actually pretty good. I heard it but I like never saw it. This I think does show I'm looking at Kurtzman specifically on IMDb and mm. it has him listed as the executive producer on Transformers Prime but not as a writer. So Okay. Yeah, so we're just kind of, you know, cashing a check. We're saying, is this movie-ish enough? Okay. Hmm. <laughs> is this sufficiently movie-like? Yeah. It's acceptable. And, and Marsha Griffin, who wrote a bunch of animated episodes, was the, I think, main story editor. Hmm. And also on the uh, on the behind-the-scenes team, somebody who would later become a bigger deal in Transformers, uh, Margaret Scott. <gasps> Yay! Yeah, this like is kind of script- where she started out doing Yeah, she was the script stuff. supervisor or something. Yeah. And she did write a few episodes. 
Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like an all-star cast. People, you had uh, Dave Hartman as your uh, supervising director, who I think was a mainframe guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked on that Spider-Man series they did. He worked on that Godzilla cartoon. The one with Neil Patrick Harris? That's the one. Ha! And uh, original casting director was Susan Blue. Yes. Hmm. But I believe she had to drop out after her either wife or I think her wife died. Yes, her wife passed away. Mm-hmm. But then so she, she ended only... up remarrying a massage therapist, and I am the most jealous. <laughs> so she, uh, so I think she only did like the first dozen or so episodes. I too want to gay marry a massage therapist. <laughs> and uh, the music is by Brian Tyler, who's like he's like a like a movie score composer. Yeah. Now I want to look him up. Uh, he did uh, Iron Man 3. He did uh, that second Thor movie. I know he did that, mm. um, like, the, the Marvel Studios fanfare. Ah, huh. that's cool. So it's it's like a very cinematic score. It's very similar in tone to the Steve Jablonski scores from the live-action movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a lot of that going for it. It's got a lot of do-do-do-do-do-do. Yep. Synergy. Big sounds. Yeah, just recently he did uh, that new Mummy movie, uh, The Fate of the Furious, and uh, Power Rangers. (laughs) Power Rangers movie is pretty good. I I haven't seen it, and I don't know what the uh, the score was like. Uh, Oh, he did the Ninja Turtles movie? Which one? Uh, (laughs) The new ones? The recent one. I yeah, think he I, did, like, the most recent of those. The sequel was actually by Steve Jablonski, which means it's oh. just very Transformers movie sounded music, which <laughs> is not really of a tone with that movie. No. Which no, is that's... all, which is like a hun, which is like a $200 million episode of the 80s Ninja Turtle cartoon. Yes. I mean, it, I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It's very it's dumb. dumb. He did Age of Ultron. So he did Iron Man dumb. 3. Oh, that's, that has a great score. Uh, he did Assassin's Creed for <laughs> the game. Oh. Wait, yeah, he did I mean... Dragon Ball Evolution. Ooh. Oh no! Okay, so, so I assume that has like has like what? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I so, was just gonna yeah, we're... say like everybody related to this is pretty good, but everybody has like a black mark on their record. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's true of literally everybody in Hollywood. Well, yeah, but they, they seem like yeah. Things. There's always something stupid they worked on. Like the mummy coming I mean, up. Yeah, a lot. even Guillermo del Toro did uh, like mimic. Well, mimic Mimic's was not good. Bad. I mean, it's it okay. Killed a kid. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, I'd rather rewatch Mimic than Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, I mean, it's less of a bummer. Uh, yeah, you people. I mean, none of them are Crimson Peak. I mean, I guess the, some of the sequels to Mimic are better, or at least there's one where a giant cockroach falls in love with a woman and is trying to get with her, is the, I think is the plot that of the movie. Amazing. What the hell? I'm not sure if that's two. Is there, there has to be more than two sequels, I think. I mean, I think literally every 90s genre movie has some sort of DTV sequel to it. Yeah, that was... They made multiple sequels to The Arrival, that Charlie Sheen alien movie. Why... Why? I kind of like that original, but yeah. uh it's okay. I haven't seen it. It's it's like a fun '90s watch. Ah, it's got uh, it's got uh, what's his name, um, Ron Silver is like a 
a nineties yuppie villain that he was so good at playing. <laughs> I see. Anyway, and the, the money was also going as far as the voice cast for this. Yes. So this, uh, this had, uh, much like the live action movies, Peter Cullen coming back as Optimus Prime. And you know he charges money for that now. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Give me your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting him to do Toonami intros these days. Nope. And, uh, oh, Bobo, Bobo, Bobo. And not like the live action movies until the most recent one, uh, you've got Frank Welker back as Megatron. Yes. Yay, which, like, and, and doing we'll... definitely a updated version of original yeah. Megatron. I mean, we'll we'll get into this when he shows up on the show, but I was not enthused about him coming back. No. And then he was on it, and he was great. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, because, like, they both aged, and, like, Megatron in G1 was already an old man voice. Yeah. And an old man doing an old man voice, like, I think it was, like, um, no, in the movies. Like, in the movies, Megatron did sound that great, and, like, especially when they did the sound wave that they didn't have an effect on him and it was just a bad Dr. Claw. It was like, eh, do we want Frank Walker <laughs> Next time, back? Gadget. Next time. It's like, try harder. Yeah. Try harder. Uh, okay, we had, there's a very movie-ish Bumblebee who we'll get to later who they're not paying anything. Well, actually, he did have a voice actor, as we'll discuss. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Um, got uh, Ratchet, played by horror movie icon Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> Who had previously done uh, some animation work. Yes, I he think did? the first he did was uh, The Question, and then... Oh, you right, know, I forgot about The Question. Voice work, is, you know, it's good work if you can get it. Yeah. And better than, you know, having them glue a bunch of stuff to your face uh, for a Star Trek episode. Or yes. being... And actually, no, I'm, I'm in... Oh, go ahead. Or being in an episode of Ultraman that never airs in America. Aww. Actually, I was wrong. He was before he was the question. He was on uh, that one episode of Batman where he was the Scarecrow. Oh, what? remember they gave him like you know they sort of shifted all the designs, and the Scarecrow oh, went from being the... kind of goofy to being like this weird like Western preacher looking guy. Yeah. Yes. When... Oh, that was him. Oh, I did not. And they changed his. Well, it... originally it was Henry Pollock the second, who just kind of sounded like Doctor Smith from Lost in Space. Yeah. Which <laughs> Yeah. Like, it was a very, like, hammy, effeminate villain voice, but uh, they switched it over to Jeffrey Combs, and he's, you know, chilling because he's Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Yes. Apparently, he was also considered to play Starscream in this. Weird. Hmm. I can see that, but not with the shape of Starscream, just a general Starscream. Yeah. Uh, you've also got uh, R.C., played by Suma Lee Montano. Yes. Who has done, she's done like a ton of TV, uh, work. Uh, she was Katana on Beware the Batman. Yes. And yeah, she shows up a lot, she shows up in a lot of stuff. And, uh, you've got Bulkhead played by Kevin Michael Richardson. Yay! Who is in a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, he was, uh, he was the Joker on The Batman. Usually plays big guys because he is himself a big guy. Yeah. Yes, and he's got a big guy voice. Yes. I, he has to have played the kingpin at some point. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, look it up. I mean, he could have physically played the kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. He is, as they say on the the internet, uh, an absolute unit. Look at the size of this lad. 
Okay, that's a meme I've missed. And yeah, on the Decepticon side, you've got uh, Frank Welker playing Megatron. You've got Steve Bloom playing an amazing Starscream. So good. And you've got Soundwave, who they're saving money on. And we are returning to Steve Bloom after visiting with him in our one of our Christmas specials. That's right. Yay! And then we've also got a fairly extensive human cast on this. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, you got Josh Keaton, uh, Spider Man himself. Okay. What? Which Spider Man? Got uh, uh, he was on the Spectacular Spider Man. Uh, wait, wait, that that was the eighties one. No, 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 that was the one from like the um early to mid two thousands. The CG one. By... No, the one that after that, it had like Greg Wiseman as the producer. What? Uh, he was, uh. I've apparently missed this. So it had a lot of gargoyles voice actors in it. He was Dan Gilvetson in, uh, in the 80s stuff. By which yes, I mean he, bu- he literally just sounded exactly like G1 Bumblebee. Yeah, he is just Bumblebee. I, I actually one time in high school had a sleepover with some friends where we pulled out old Marvel VHS tapes and played Who is this Transformer slash G.I. Joe voice actor? <laughs> because it was, I mean, Cyclops and, Pride of the X-Men just sounds like Michael Bell doing Prowl. And And Iceman is just Frank Welker's Fred Jones voice. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You've also got Tanya Gunati, who has also done a bunch of TV. She was on Even Stevens with Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) Oh, man. And she was in those uh, Honda ads in which she plays a hoodie ninja. (laughs) Oh. Oh, Sure, I don't remember those, but... And you've got Andy Pessoa, who is, like, a child actor who's been in, like, a bunch of stuff. Oh, no, not a child kid actor. Stuff. No. Being a and kid. rounding out that human cast, it's Ernie Hudson. Yay! Yay! Finally, a Ghostbuster. Yes! <laughs> the best Ghostbuster. Interestingly, not his first voice acting role. He was Cyborg on uh, Super Friends in the 80s. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Oh. That's pretty cool. Interestingly, he, he also auditioned for the real Ghostbusters cartoon, but was rejected <laughs> because he didn't sound enough like Ernie Hudson. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of people who were in that Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, is he in that? I uh, I have no idea who he was playing in that. I'm kind of curious now. Yeah, look it up, because... <laughs> Mr. Popo. Oh, no! God, they not. didn't get that far. God, no. No. <laughs> Although, honestly, better casting than, like, what Mr. Popo actually looks like. <sighs> Japan is so problematic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Also, he was in The Crow for gloomy, gothy people like myself. Uh, he's C- Sifu Norris. Sifu Norris? Is that a Dragon Ball character? No. Norris? No. That, that's not a vegetable or uh, a lunch <laughs> Piece of underwear. Article yeah. of underwear. Well, the underwear is only one family. I guess that's true. Boy, he... He looks really weird, and he appears to be the movie's version of Master Mutaito, the oh. teacher of Master Roshi. Mm, I don't even remember sure. what he looks like. In this screenshot, he just looks like um, uh, 
Zuri from Black Panther. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh... Anyway, so, you know, you've got some, some decent money in the voice cast here. Yes. Also, I guess she doesn't show up for a bit, but uh, Jack's mom, Marky Post. From, oh, yeah. uh, from Night, Night Court. There's a lot of fun voice actors who will show up later that we'll get to when we get to. Sadly, no Richard seasons who did some voice acting. By which I mean... You probably know John Larroquette. He's in, like, a lot of stuff. He was in the unreasonably good Mighty Max cartoon. Oh, that's right. That'll, that's definitely going to be an in-between seasons thing at one point. <gasps> yes! Oh. And, uh, yeah, in a couple seasons, it's just going to be me making a solid episode of Candyman references. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so all, all the man do- additional voice actors are great, except for one guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that guy. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. not yet. Sorry, Firefly fans. <laughs> Fuck them. Actually, I think somebody involved in this show is like a big horror fan because like Tony Todd shows up. Yeah. Um, I mean, Coons. Jeffrey Combs is in it and there is also a guest appearance from a guy in Phantasm. Mm-hmm. In a couple episodes. There is? Yeah. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll get to that when we come to it, but yeah, uh, whenever I start making Phantasm jokes, get ready. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Damn it. And of course, uh, our, probably our biggest cast outlay is for one episode and maybe, I don't know, ten lions in our, our premiere episode, which we will discuss next week. Yes. Yes. Can you smell what he's cooking? Oh yeah. Jabronis. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing Disney stuff now, man. That's like serious. Oh sure, I mean, I mean, I would wait, he might be, is he the biggest action star in the world right now? Uh, um, in the world? Probably, I... Okay, I North America. Mean, North America, well, yes. Tom Cruise might still be biggest in the world. Yeah. Because China loves him, and I don't know why. And I don't know <laughs> if Tom Cruise because... is still, like, as big a draw outside his franchises, because that Mummy no. movie was DOA. Yeah. Maybe um, they don't, like never got translations of any of Tom Cruise's crazy stuff, so they only know him, like, from what they see of him in his roles. Um, Matt Damon still might be fired, The Rock is up there. I I mean, I'm sure, you know, the rest of the cast helped, but The Rock made a a decades later sequel to Jumanji, one of the biggest hits of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Which arguably might be the only good comedy he's done. Um, hmm. I mean, he was funny in Moana. I, I, I have to admit, oh, I only I'm watched really Moana good. because I like Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, and uh, Pain and Gain, with oh, uh, directed by uh, Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. That's actually surprisingly decent. Huh. Michael Bay's best movie. <laughs> I mean, Outside that's that's rock. still The Rock. Yeah. And I didn't see that Get Smart movie, but he might have been okay. I mean, he's always fine in stuff. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, that that new movie, uh, was it uh, Skyscraper? That's just like, the concept for that movie is just, it's the towering inferno, but also The Rock is in it. (laughs) Yes. Or for that matter, that that Rampage movie. Movie that's coming out, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, like I'm it's saying, the Rock his, versus giant animals. His action movies are good. His comedies haven't been. I mean, usually his action movies are like action comedies. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I, I guess he, oh, what was the one where he's paired with this? God, I'm sure he has to have done one okay. at some point recently where he's a babysitter. Everybody's mm. done that. Vin Diesel's done the pacifier. Every every action star does a shitty kids movie. Yes. Oh, sure. You got you got Schwarzenegger doing Kindergarten Cop. I'm not sure Stallone ever did one. Smart man. Um, Smart man. Stop or my mom will shoot. I mean, that's I guess the difference there is instead of a kid, it's an old lady. Yeah. Yes, but it's not a kids it, movie. It's a comedy, but it's not a kids. There's comedy. no kid in the movie, but it's it's more. Have you seen that movie? It's for tiny babies. <laughs> tiny babies who love the Golden Girls, I guess. <laughs> Tiny Babies and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who somehow tricked him into getting in that movie. Because, like, Schwarzenegger was supposedly going to be in that movie, and, and Sylvester Stallone wanted to be in it because of that. And Arnold oh, that's right. That he was mistake. in G.I. the second G.I. Joe movie. That's right. Ah, uh, Sylvester, hmm? I've tricked oh, you again. The Rock. What's more, you are the victim to my superior Austrian intellect. <laughs> yes, Dwayne Johnson has been in a lot of movies. Oh, he was in that bad Hercules movie. But I mean, I, this well, is what. That was a bait and switch Hercules movie. I don't know how yeah. bad it was. I mean, this is 2010, so that year The Rock is in. He's in, he's in a bunch of movies. He's in the, he's in Tooth Fairy. Oh, that was his kids movie. There you go. Uh, yes. He did a kids comedy. He is in, uh, The Other Guys, which he's not in for much, but it's, it's funny. Uh, that's that Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg movie. Oh. The deal is that there's like this badass pair of cops played by The Rock and Samuel Jackson. And they get killed like ten minutes into the movie. So they have to send in oh, the uh, other Will guys. Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. The the titular other guys. Uh-huh. And, and then the next year is sort of like he's, he was in, I guess you might call a bit of a slump there. Yeah. But until then the next until year, he got in the, fa- in the Fast and Furious movies, yeah, yeah, that's the next, the very next year, he's in Fast Five. Apparently, so. he played himself in the Gem movie. Oh wow! What man, Hasbro still had their hooks into him. He was in this. <laughs> he was in that GI Joe movie. He might be in Friendship is Magic. Who knows? What did they have on him? Playing, uh, I don't know, the Clop. Well, they haven't stuffed him in a Marvel movie yet, and probably well, won't. he's allegedly going to be in that uh, Shazam movie if they ever uh, make playing that. Black Adam. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to have been like yeah. Black Adam for like the last decade. It ain't happening. Yeah, he keeps pushing that one back. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, just cast that guy Shazam. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Well, Shazam's anyway, ca- so- kind of got to have hair. You could ah. give him a hairpiece. I don't think he would look good with hair. He had hair when he was a wrestler. Um, not most of the time when he started out as a wrestler, but when he got big, no hair. I think he was big when he or had just hair really when he was big. <laughs> he, he has really hair. shortly cropped. I mean, it was short hair, but it was hair. He had hair when he was the Scorpion King. Oh, that's right. He had really long hair. But he was CG when he had the Scorpion Well, um, not at the beginning. And then when he is in that Scorpion King movie, he's just a dude. Okay. I haven't seen so, those. Uh, that second Mummy movie is not good, <laughs> but that 
Scorpion King movie is not terrible. Like it's, it's just kind of like a B rent or a, a B list Conan movie with huh. the rock in it. Well, that's, that's not bad. It's, yeah, it's kind of okay. It's no Jason Momoa, but it works. Yeah. He was so in anyway, that this... Conan movie recently. Yeah. So the sort of underlying thing, I guess the one last thing we should probably discuss here is the aligned continuity that Hasbro was sort of trying to uh, put everything into. Yes. And so it they, they... didn't maybe work out as well as hoped. I mean, I think it was never going to be like a big thing because, I mean, it's not like they were going to align the movies or even the comics with it. Yeah. Uh, but this was, result- this was definitely when Aaron Archer was still brand manager. Yes, I think he was sort of on his way out at the time. Well, because- he, he was very heavily involved with the series Bible stuff for the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Oh, the giant series Bible. I think yeah. the Binder of Revelation. Yes, the Binder of Which- Revelation where he roped in a bunch of artists from over at the uh, Dungeons and Dragons side of things to... Ooh. Do some art of the thirteen primes and oh right, which was mythic, and we'd only see one at a botcon every once in a while, including uh, Onyx Primal, who's looked a centaur with a giant penis. That's just Sorry. a leg. <laughs> I know it's a leg, but it's the bad angle on that. The way I mean, it that looks like a giant is. robot yep. dong. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's just badly. It's it's a bad angle. And because there's not much other reference material on him, it makes it kind of yeah. It was one picture, and it was like what? Yeah, I think there were like Hasbro sort of had problems around this time because they sort of overreached, and that Battleship movie nobody saw it, and I think nobody bought the merch. Yeah, and I I want to say that I mean I'm not saying that this was a mistake. I don't remember having merch. When did they buy Wizards of the Coast? I want to say it was somewhere around then. I think it was fairly. I think it was a ways before that. But let me check this out on the old Wikipedia. (gasps) Good old. It wasn't a lot before, but it was definitely before this. 1999. So about a decade. Oh, Oh, okay. Wow. Did not know that. Ah. Man, they were still doing like 3.5 at that point. Mm. Just take my word and for it. They're also the people who own magic, right? Yes. Yes. Right. I like the, you... as in the card game, not the concept of uh, Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Magic yeah. the Gathering. Wizards of the Coast makes most of their money on Magic the Gathering, not D&D. I mean, I figured. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. Are you making that much money off D and D? Isn't it mostly like just you know you like you buy the one book and then uh, the books are super fucking pricey, man. Oh, I see. Yeah, they're like forty, fifty bucks, and and you need you you need the player's manual, a dungeon master's manual, a monster manual. That's the basic, and and there's been more since then. It's not as supplement heavy as it used to be, but Mm. you're getting big hardcover books with more monsters. Do you still also need a subscription to Dragon Magazine? It's digital now. I see. That, that helps, and yeah, because you get some some uh, online character mm. sheet building tools and neat maps of old dungeons. But these are like Mockman, big hardcover, full color books. So really they are nice. very expensive. They are like thirty, thirty-five dollars. 
we're not talking like the 70s, 80s ones that kind of look like somebody ran them off at the local Kinko's. Yeah, not so oh, much. No. And were possibly drawn by the staff at the local Kinko's. <laughs> no, well, yeah. um, I don't know if we, uh, they do that for D&D, but most other uh, RPG companies now, most of their stuff is PDFs. They don't uh, print books unless it's like maybe the main manual and occasionally they do Kickstarters for other things. Unless you're Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> Because you have that magic I mean, money. Right. I mean, well, you've got all that Hasbro money, too. Yes. Yeah. You have all that sweet, sweet Hasbro money. Well, I guess Pathfinder does, too. Yeah. Well, Over they're, like, second. They're they're the Pepsi at this point. <laughs> they're the, the GoBots. Maybe not GoBots. <laughs> Better than GoBots. They're the, they're the cracked magazine to, uh, to, the, to the, the mad. Yes. Yes. Wait, Cracked had a magazine? I thought that was just a web page. Oh. No, no, no. It used to be like a, like a, like a B-grade, uh, Mad, mad. magazine, yeah. Weird. And I remember guys with physical copies of Cracked magazine. Oh yeah, we would get them at a, the used bookstore. It was Strange. a thing. It was an actual thing. Anyway, what were we, what were we talking about? Robots? <laughs> Somewhere yeah, uh, you know, talk about the binder revelation and how it was sort of set up as this big thing, and they eventually released um, it as what was it, the Covenant of Primus? Yes, and a yeah. like big a old That's kind of Autobot thing. symbol thing. Yep, that you I've, came I've got that. Yeah, I've got that. Too. I didn't, and it's, it's it's kind of neat. Although, again, it's there there are problems with it regarding the marginalization of female characters here. Yeah. Yes. All female Transformers d- descended from one prime who got murdered. Yeah, she is the of course the one who got murdered, so that they could all the all the all the dude ones but, could be sad. Don't worry, it's okay. She's back now inside a tentacle monster. Oh god, it got worse. I mean, they didn't <laughs> think of that. I how, mean, how, some shit like this always confuses me when when like some product or some marketing comes out and someone didn't see the most obvious shit. You have a woman transformer, the only pr- female prime inside a tentacle monster. Holy feature, cr- man! I call feature. feature. I mean, oh yes, I want that toy even more now, but it's problematic. What a consenting woman and a consenting tentacle monster do together is between them. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yes. It, it's especially kind of funny because she's inside Octopunch, who's the guy who shot God in the face. <laughs> I just like him because he looks like a Mike Mignola character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's half octopus, half uh, old-timey diving suit guy. And he's great in the comic when Jeff Sr. would draw him and all you could see inside the helmet was, like, teeth. Oh, yes, yeah. that is great. Oh, so oh, good. Oh. He's one of the best guys. I, I mean, it, it's a good combination, but it's just... You didn't... How, how? Maybe I think about tentacle monsters too much. I mean, I drew Akoro Kamui. I think you do. Who's, who's a tentacle I mean, that's not what I thought of initially. I just thought, oh, it's kind of a shame there isn't a lady pretender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be nice, There should be. But... They should have just gender swapped somebody. Suddenly Cloud Burst is now a lady. Or, uh, well, you could just say one of the other monsters is a lady, like, um... Although... I'm blanking... Although, remember that Cloudburst, I mean, it would be amusing if it was Cloudburst, because Cloudburst is the guy who famously said in an issue of Generation 1 Transformers that Transformers don't, you know, where we come from, there are no, you know, no, no genders. We, we don't have mates. 
Well, that alien lady's trying to mack on him. (laughs) Hey, Hmm. how do you know what gender Octopunch is? Well, I mean, I guess that's true. Ooh, now I kind of want a a redeco of Cloudburst as Samus Aran. (laughs) I mean, they're kind of the same shape. Yeah. Yeah, they are the same shape. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I need to buy a spare. Shit. (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) Uh, And you can paint the other one inside in, like, purple and green. But yes, this is where all the stuff with the 13... I mean, some of that had shown up in Simon Furman's stuff before. uh, Mm. But this is where it really got fleshed out, and they all got names and history and all that. And that was supposed to be a cohesive universe for the games which are Oh right, I forgot the video games point. were involved with it. Yes. Right. Oh yeah, we haven't because even talked about that. Because that's where it really sort of fell apart was that the video game people and the show people weren't really like creatively involved with each other. No. Yeah, well, it it's the limitations of, like the character designs for Prime are wildly different to a degree than, than the games because the games were built on an engine where big blocky square dudes work. Well, also yes. the games were a lot more G1 influenced and the movie or prime was a lot more movie influenced. Yeah, they're very yeah. war within. Yes. Well, yeah. They, 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 very well, much. yeah. They're called the uh, war for Cybertron and fall of Cybertron. So you've got war for Cybertron, fall of Cybertron. So and, you've yeah. got RC going from being like a very historically RC looking character to being, you know, prime RC, who's a fairly dramatically different character, mm-hmm. and it's like that's clearly not the same person. <laughs> Uh, and or you've got you know Starscream who goes from like a very G one Starscream to uh, Mister Burns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like uh, boy, those those centuries were pretty rough on you, Starscream. <laughs> Poor guy. So so yeah, and and I mean you can't really blame them because how well were those two groups supposed to like coordinate this stuff? Oh, yeah. But technically, all that, you know, Hasbro wanted all that stuff to be in the same universe, and it just didn't really work out. Yeah. No. Well, if if you squint a lot, it can work. You can kind of bodge it together. It's been a long time. You can kind of fix it up. Yeah. Also... Before we before we wrap up, I just want to say that I was reminded uh, when looking at the uh, the animated episodes I was watching were on Daily Motion and they came from the Hub. Uh, one thing the Hub did was actually show animated in uh, high definition widescreen, uh, which Cartoon Network didn't do. But it reminded me that Dan Versus existed, and I missed that show. That was a fun show. I, I saw some of that. That was pretty good. That was one of the hubs actually not toy related shows that they did, uh, as well as they had a uh, they had a Pound Puppies show, which was there was a new Pound okay. Puppies, and they did a I mean, I mean, new Pet Shop like show five years ago at this point. Well, yeah. well, still, Betty White was on it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and there was a uh, oh, and they brought over that Australian Shazam show. 
about a boy who takes up his aunt's very feminine superhero mantle. Oh. Oh, right. Let's uh, not talk about it. That's a bigger minefield than we need to uh. walk into. <laughs> I'm just saying, not everything they did was toy content. No. Hmm. And they also had some like, pretty great promos where they would have like the actual voice actors doing stuff. Yes. Yeah, well, there were some really and, good uh, prime ones. And in fact, the announcer for the show was uh, Townsend Coleman, voice of Sentinel Prime. Yes. So yeah, that I think about wraps up our intro to Prime. We will, of course, get more into detail uh, when we start doing the episodes themselves. And we begin that next week with the first episode, Darkness Rising, Part 1. Yay! Oh, such an inventive title, hearkening back to G1. Mm. (laughs) Hearkening back to Transformers Animated and its crappy, crappy title name. Uh, happening back, or uh, I guess, hearkening back to uh, what was it that movie with the owls? <laughs> was some sort of dark rising in that? Gahul? Uh, Legends oh, wait, no, of the or Guardians of Gahuli or something? Yeah, there was what's... something around there that was, I'm thinking of Rise of the Guardians, which I think was the one where like I, no, that was the one yeah, with, Rise like, of the Guardians with like Santa and Jack. Right. Frost yeah, that's the one shit. with that right. Jack Frost that everybody really likes to ship with everyone. Especially Elsa. <laughs> there was something... It's a lot of shipping him with Elsa on Tumblr. Maybe The uh, maybe Dark you're... is Rising? Was that a movie? I... No, no, I, I think you're thinking of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. <laughs> the Dark is Rising, what the fuck? Oh no, I'm thinking of The Seeker, The Dark is Rising. Why would you think of that? Be- the, the, because that was a movie that came out like a couple years before that and had that name. Okay. Like back when they were just like randomly grabbing YA books out of the bookstore oh, and making movies right. of them. That <laughs> yeah, d- didn't wait. Who the fuck was some good actor was in that? It had that apparently Ian McShane and Christopher <gasps> Eccleston. I love Ian oh, McShane. Eccleston. That, that was why I thought about. Oh sure. Him. Well, with Ian McShane and Christopher Eccleston, I guess that's two bad guys in the movie. That's true, and it also had. Uh, <laughs> The main character was a the seventh son of a seventh son, but is not related to the movie oh, Seventh Son. Oh, I think I've the one with uh, Jeff Bridges and Julianne yes. Moore. Yes, I remember these things oh, coming oh. out, and me thinking that they would probably be a amuse an amusingly terrible watch. And then there was also one around the same time with Bill Murray. What? He was like the mayor of a city. It was the city of Ember. Oh, that sounds familiar. Oh, that thing. Hmm. Oh, that also had uh, Saoirse Ronan and uh, Tim Robbins. That doesn't sound like it's a Wes Anderson movie at all. I thought all we did know was Wes Anderson movies. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, he's got to pay the bills. so. Although I would absolutely watch like a... YA adaptation by Wes Anderson. Well, yeah. I mean, there is... I mean, he did Fantastic Mr. Fox, which isn't quite YA, but... No, it's close. And, I mean, there's certainly a YA-ish tone to Moonrise Kingdom. Hmm. I haven't seen that one yet. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. Anyway, so, uh, that should about wrap it up for our intro to, uh... To Transformers Prime, so join us next week when the darkness will be rising. Get it out of here, man! Get that out, get that darkness out of here.
Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Tumblr, we're on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help us with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And this month, we are talking Black Panther for our Patreon-exclusive episode. That's right. Who is going to pray for you? Spoilers, it's us. <laughs> is this a musical reference? It's the like the lead song in that movie. It's by The Weeknd and oh. Kendrick Lamar. I am bad with music. I mean, I have to mention The Weeknd because it's our radio. obligatory Canadian content. <laughs> oh. He's, uh, he's from Toronto, you know. It's, it's important oh. to represent your fellow Canadians. Like all Canadians, I have the superpower of being able to sense which Canadian, or which celebrities are Canadian. That's very important. <laughs> uh, so until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David. On the air. And let's hope my computer doesn't decide to spontaneously reboot, and then the modem reboot, and then everything go wrong. Because <laughs> that was really annoying. Why do we have visible Megatron and Optimus now? Oh, there's a Megatron? Yeah, there's a Megatron 2. I, I, I guess so you can see their organs and stuff. I mean, I, I wonder yeah. what the Megatron stuff is based on. Maybe it's based on, like, the stuff that you see during the Transformers, <clears throat> the, movie the movie sequence. Yes! Yeah. Well, Behold. unless, like, half of him is purple, transparent lines, I don't Yeah, care. sadly, it is not. Although, I mean, these seem to be unpainted, so maybe they will be in the original. Well, yes. Da-da-dun-dun-da-da-dun. Hopefully they do. da dun dun da da dun Terminator? What? No, that was that was. The, I'm doing doing the the Vince. Uh, yeah, I know, music. but it's also it is vaguely Terminator. Terminator. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Terminator inspired by Transformers? Uh, no, no, no. I think. Uh, yeah, I know it's the yeah. other way around. <laughs> Although certainly in that what was it Transform uh, Terminator Salvation? Yes, they, they fight a oh, giant yeah, Terminator who's just straight up Megatron. a Michael Bay Transformer. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Like, it might as well have just said, uh, you know, come with me if you want to live in Frank Welker's voice. <laughs>